your co-host Aaron. I'm your co-host Max. And today we're discussing the whole of the Witcher novel, Blood of Elves, because this is our conclusion episode. We did it! We did, we it. did it! We made it through <laughs> another book! Three whole books, you guys! We Three have, whole books! We have we have finished a book again. A, a like, series? Yes. And... It is a book we have all read in the past, but we have finished one, which at this time is no small feat. This means I've read three whole books during the pandemic, which... Yeah. <laughs> this, this, means I've, this means I've read four whole books in the last <laughs> year. Uh, show off. Because you made it through a bit of The Lord of the Rings. Mm. Not oh, a bit, but that. the first part. Like, as in, I, I go yes. through Fellowship. Yes. Yeah, I should do a reread, too. That would be that would be a fun little bonus episode talking about the nerd shit that made us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That would be very cool. YOLO. So yeah. this episode's <laughs> going to be a bit wild and woolly, because we're all a little bit loopy, and I've just moved to Glasgow, um, and everything's just a bit mental at the moment. So um, I'm allowed to use that word. <laughs> if you're if you're um holistic and you don't have any brain worms you're not but i am (laughs) yes what's the point of us all being mental if not that we can use the word exactly it's mental privilege (laughs) (laughs) so uh so we're uh yeah we're coming at the angle of um I think the best way to sort of the thing that's clever about the book really and what we were wanting to get in at was like the interstitials and how they sort of frame it because you can't talk about that on an individual chapter level because it's not so meaningful but if you you know look at it chapter by chapter they really help sort of frame how everything comes together I think yeah I would I would agree with that and they also are a part of the way that Sapak does his world building that again when you're going chapter by chapter you don't really get to talk about um you know we tried to bring it into each of the episodes but I think it's something that needs to be looked at um over Overall, because they really do frame sort of each chapter's sort of what he wants you to get out of each chapter, but then also um, frame a lot of things about the the larger world. And I think that's actually one of the really fascinating ways or things about the way that he does his world building in that he um, kind of he doesn't just um, have things sort of happen through the action, but he has um, all of these references to like a wider body of, of learning and literature and history um, that exist within that world that we just see these itty bitty snippets of. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think like, sorry. You know, we, we open the first chapter opens with Ithleen's uh, prophecy. And then the first sort of, chapter is about the war and all that kind of stuff so it's just pretty you know it's not very subtle and i think as you say it's cool that it sort of uses these interstitials to sort of talk about some of the different historical perspectives and cults and organizations within the wider world and some of the things Mm -hmm. you know consequential characters say that aren't Mm -hmm. you know it's exposition um but it's not traditional exposition Yes, yes, exactly. So, I mean, I think maybe we should just, like, summarize a little bit sort of what happens in, in this book and what the, like, larger overall themes are and then, and then get into those interstitials. So, I mean, the, you know, the book is called Blood of Elves and significantly what it is, what is really about is um, we're moving from, this is, you know, the first novel. So we're moving from the short stories, which were almost entirely about Geralt and his sort of adventures and into our first sort of long form story um where what we're really doing is setting up 
Siri as like the primary character of the series. So the series is still called The Witcher. Uh, it is still about Geralt, but the sort of the focus is really becoming Siri. Yeah, um, and you know it's, it is. It's very clearly shifting to be crucially about Siri. Um, yes, with Geralt, even when she's still yeah. playing a major, perhaps even the major role, but 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 uh, the the plot does not revolve around him and it revolves around Siri. Yeah, even when Geralt is the center of the action, Siri is still the cause of the action. So you have chapter one, basically, which is Dandelion telling a story about Siri and getting in trouble for it, and then, you know, flashing Siri doing her training. Chapter, you know, the second chapter is, again, Siri training. Um, you know, um, the third I... is Siri kind of going on her sort of adventure to get to um, the temple. Like, it's just, it is just about, like, the development of Siri as a character. And um, when we learn about the politics, it's through the lens of who is looking for Siri. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we sort uh, or... of see how she shapes, sorry? Or who wants to do what to Siri, basically. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so, um, it really yeah, does it is just that. Around other, a lot around the various people who want to harm Siri in one way or another. Yeah, and that's basically the setup for for the series, right? It's like the antagonists are the people who want to harm Siri in some way or another, and our protagonists are the ones who want to try to protect her, and that's. We all completely understand um, why Geralt and Yedif are two people who, um, you know, have always wanted a family, are suddenly, you know, fucking ready to put their lives on the line and also kill for this wee girl, you know? Yeah, I think there's also something really beautiful there not just how Geralt and Yen have both been sort of denied the possibility of you know biological family but about how they too also had dangerous and lonely childhoods yeah. um yeah they're all children of trauma yeah. in some manner or another yeah, yeah. absolutely mm -hmm. um and so yeah so we talked a lot about the um the actual action of the chapters but if we wanted to kind of get into the the interstitials so for those who aren't looking at sort of physical copies of the book, um, what we have is at the start of every chapter, there's sort of just a little snippet of some sort of um, prophecy or literature or, or history that um, or propaganda that exists within um, within the setting. Um, so, you know, this first chapter where um, it's Dandelion sort of singing his story about um, about Siri as a child of destiny and everything, it starts with uh, Athena's prophecy, where, of course, we do the, it does the thing that um, we love in every book where it says the name of the book right there. In the... <laughs> he said the thing! <laughs> he said the thing! <laughs> yeah. um, sh should I read it out? Athena's prophecy. Yeah, yeah go for it. Okay, so they're quite short, so we might as well, because you kind of need to, to hear them. Um, so, <laughs> Verily I say unto you, the era of the sword and axe is nigh, the era of the wolf's blizzard, the time of the white chill and the white light is nigh, the time of madness and the time of contempt. Uh, Ted Durant the time of end i keep forgetting that i am um, don't know how to pronounce fake elder um <laughs> the world will die amid frost and be reborn with the new sun it will be reborn of the elder blood of hen itcher of the seed that has been sown a seed which will not sprout but will burst into flame uh s to essay thus it shall be watch for the signs what signs these shall be i say unto you first the earth will flow with the blood of the iron she the blood of elves so this is um, Ithlina's prophecy, um, which gets referenced then repeatedly throughout the book. Yeah. Um, so like, it's not subtle. Like, um, 
Yeah, here's his, yeah. his pre- prophecy. Here is a battle. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, of course, Siri then repeatedly throughout the book gets referred to as Child of the Elder Blood. Yeah, like, the actual, like, the actual, <laughs> like, I, I do I do enjoy what Sapek kind of does, which is, you know, he doesn't... He doesn't pretend that they're... He, do, he doesn't, you know, have, like, this whole, in you know, like, annoying, prolonged setup. Like, there isn't so much fantasy where um, he pretends for the longest time that the, uh, the, 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 the kid who is obviously the child of prophecy, the chosen one, like, 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 who is referenced the magical prophecy that um, is mentioned at the very beginning of the series. Like, he doesn't pretend that, like, Siri is not that kid, you know? Like, like, like. Oh yeah. He's like, straight. He's like, this is fantasy. How... This is a prophecy. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> Buckle up, you know, bitches. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, just immediately. Yep, you're the child of the elder blood. Lasts like, you know, um, <laughs> like, 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 time to find out. You know, uh, like what? Like, at least to us as the reader, it's very obvious that Iflin's prophecy revolves around Siri, and you know, I like that because so much. Yeah. Of fantasy tries to take you for a fool and like pretend that you don't understand that yes this magical prophecy yeah. at the very beginning is going to be about the heroes in fact no we all know that you know yeah like, and i think like that's something we've talked about on this podcast before about how like we all get really frustrated with people like uh, writers like stephen moffat right in in, in his yeah. sort of television oeuvre where he thinks that he's going to be so clever by hiding all these twists but actually he just like writes these like random twists that aren't like yeah Aren't, aren't something that you could have figured out from the evidence anyway to make you think the characters in the writing are so much more clever than they are. Yeah. Sabak actually gives you everything you need. Like, he gives you Athena's prophecy on, like, page one. And, you know, and then he'll reference it again, like, 250 pages later when you're in, like, the Ligafortz's office and Tisea sees um, his copy of Athena's prophecy and a book called The Elder Blood and he's clearly looking for Siri. Like, he gives you everything you need. Yeah. And, yeah, I have a lot of time for authors who respect the intelligence of the readers um yeah because i think it's subtle enough that like if you aren't paying close enough attention this is still like a suspenseful interesting thing but if you're paying close enough attention then you can figure it out and it's nice it's rewarding yeah i mean to be fair there's also like there's also moments where it can catch you out and we can all be gormless like we didn't realize after reading that you know siri is a gay and you know yeah (laughs) and reading it back like she is so fucking gay Okay, this is time to mention, um, as usual, our um, our full recap episodes are also full spoilers, yeah. right? Yes. So, <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Siri is one variety of queer lady or other. And it's never firmly established, notice. but, it's, like... It's, it's pretty explicitly established later on in the series, yeah, that, like, she is yeah. interested in women. Like... Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, and, and it's, it's like, as we were saying in, you know, when we read that, that chapter, it is so obvious. I mean, right from when she first meets Triss, she's like dumbstruck. And then when she meets Jennifer, she's openly staring at her boobs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not she so. literally has, she literally has a moment where she just keeps staring at Jen's boobs. Yeah. Yen has yeah. to go, my eyes are up here. <laughs> yeah. She kind of literally does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I love, like, when she's talking, when she's like, has her, like, internal monologue about this, she's, like, not just, like, staring at Yen, but she's also, like, comparing her to, like, oh, the other girls are pretty, but they don't look like that. Like, and, like she's clearly, like, comparing, like, figuring out what she finds attractive. And, yeah. Yeah. And we just didn't pick up on it. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. You know, we're it, dumb. It, which, which suggests that you didn't do it in a particularly obnoxious way. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. super a obvious. Like, in it, you know? Luke, it's nice. She's a big. She I will say, cheap, having. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. Sorry. I was gonna say. I will say. Like speaking as having, you know, been in my life a fourteen-year-old queer lady. Mm. Um, it felt weirdly authentic. Like, like I don't know how he managed to do this so authentically because, like, <laughs> Siri doesn't recognize what she's doing, and that's kind of what it's like. Like, you don't realize what you're doing because you have no cultural. At least, not me. When, like, you know, I was growing up in like the rural area I was growing up, I didn't really have any like context for understanding, you know, what was happening. Yeah, and Siri feels the same way, and that's like it was like really surprisingly authentic. Because my understanding, in talking, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but for a, a lot of the time, and like, so obviously I have a lot of um, gay and lesbian lady pals, um, and bi lady pals, pan lady pals, and all that. And they say a lot of the time with bi women is they grow up, they're first attracted to women, then they discover they also like men. So the sexual development kind of goes that way. And so yeah. this is actually, in, in many senses, quite an authentic representation of, you know, a, a bi woman's like growing into being yeah, cause, you know, bi women. I mean, the only. Like, 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 like the only man that she seems to maybe be attracted to, she meets at the very end of the series. Yeah, and that tracks for me because, like, I would say the first person I ever completely fell for was, like, a girl I was friends with when I was, like, 13. Except I didn't really... You don't understand... If you're, if you're from, like, a, like, a context where, like, being, like, queer isn't an option, <laughs> um, it takes you, like, a long time to realize that's what that feeling was um um but yeah like that that tracks in that like yeah my first sort of like attraction and like serious crush definitely was on a girl so that tracks but like like the same way that like siri doesn't like really have is sort of fumbling through this and doesn't like in her internal monologue like have like a name to put on what she's feeling like that felt very authentic as well which i don't know whether it's serendipitous or whether sapek just happens to know a lot of bi people maybe he does and they told him <laughs> this and he wrote it into his books but either way fair fair play <laughs> yeah. yes well done <laughs> yeah surprisingly well done lad like like, you know, yeah. for, a, for an old Polish man in the 90s, like, you know, <laughs> it's not bad. Indeed. <laughs> even if it, 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 it could purely have been born of him being a massive contrarian, uh, even then, that's still accidental. Still, you know, like... You know what? I stand his massive contrarianness, because, I mean, like, this is the same man who wrote, like, a, like, passionate... And like well argued, like defense of a woman's right to choose into one of his short stories for Look, no reason other yeah, than being a massive contrarian. If the, it's it, at least he uses his contrarianism for good. Yes, it could yeah. be far worse. There are More many far worse authors in the fantasy genre. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's not like the, yes. the Twilight lady who made it basically a massive anti-abortion allegory. Um, yeah. Oh, also, also like purity culture, wait for marriage as well. Oh yeah, you'll literally uh, die yeah. if you, you know, <laughs> have sex. Yeah, you will die if you have sex. Yes, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it yeah. was literally the line from Mean Girls: "If you have sex, you will get pregnant and you will die." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Literally die. 
<laughs> I mean, she ruined vampires. Vampires are supposed to be sexy, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's either vampires are either your sublimated homosexuality or like just extremely sexy, and she kind of ruined it. <laughs> yeah, it just made them sparkly and kind of creepy. I, I mean, not creepy in the fun way, creepy in the creepy way. Like this is like a hundred-year-old vampire choosing to go to high school. <laughs> yeah, and and develop a relationship with a girl. Someone ten percent of his age. Probably not for the first time. <laughs> yeah, this is the one time I will happily do age gap discourse. It's gross. <laughs> I don't like it. Centuries involved. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Get a call. No, no thanks on this one. You know. <laughs> well, that that brings uh, us to uh, Geralt. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Geralt and like, oh, Geralt. Uh, speaking Geralt of sparkly vampires, like let's talk about <laughs> Geralt. <laughs> <laughs> Geralt and the seventeen-year-olds that he keeps shagging. Yeah. yeah please yeah. stop doing that, Sapik. <laughs> Don't write I... that again. You know how you sat down and wrote that. Don't do that. <laughs> it's just such uh... a weird thing that's endemic to fantasy, where either they do a thing where they pretend like, oh, a year is not like an Earth year. Actually, it's like two and a half years. Although I've described her as fourteen, she'd actually be like twenty on Earth. It's like, no, don't, why are you doing that? Well, then don't, don't do that. Do that. <laughs> you, you can, yeah, you're like... making up a world. Why are you doing that? Don't do yeah, it. Yeah, like seriously, also... why are you doing this? <laughs> also, Shani is a med student. Would it have killed you to make her twenty at least? Yeah. <laughs> That was, you could easily have done this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking uh, Sapak, man. Oh, Sapak. Well, Sapak giveth and Sapak taketh away. <laughs> <laughs> Sapak giveth and Sapak. <laughs> yeah, fair. He is a man of contrast. Yeah. Uh, oh. I think that killed me a little bit. Um, <laughs> but like, not even, not even the 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 I'm dying because I'm laughing sense, but it's just in the I'm dying sense. Um, and, and speaking of, we all are. Speaking of um, age gaps in the matter of consent, we then discover in this book as well that why we all hate Triss Marigold, and we finally oh, got to yeah, yeah, yes, her. yes, guys, guys, let's talk about how Triss raped raped Geralt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and he's pr- he's like quietly traumatized about it, and he never really comes to terms with it. He just feels really uncomfortable about with. I don't, about I don't even fully know how exactly to approach this at this point because we've said so much about it. It's just you know, it's just she's not a good person. Fandom, please stop liking her. If any of you, yeah. Are still doing I, Team Triss? Please quit. Um, I'm also mad about Triss's toxic femininity. It was okay. One, the toxic femininity is also in this thing where she rapes Geralt and takes like no responsibility that she could be an aggressor and like yeah, he doesn't she know how to process it. Basically, conceptually, doesn't believe in it. Yes, but the other thing is, of course, that she like inflicts this like toxic femininity on Siri, right? Um, like in terms of like she like tries to oh god teach Siri how to like have like feminine appeal and like worries that they're gonna ruin her like attributes and like oh god several years later city city is just coming on real hard on to galahad or whoever and and when he's like trying to pull back she 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 just doesn't understand because she's been taught that like that men are always into this and there is no such like like the woman could not possibly be the aggressor yeah thanks Uh, tris i mean i'm and I'm mad at, I'm still mad at Trist for, like, just, like, interpreting series, like, I'd really rather not have periods that are uncomfortable, can I be a boy, as, like, first off being disgusted at the idea of can I be a boy. Yeah, like, Siri, um, like, Trist literally goes turf on Siri. Like, like, it's, it's really weird. Like, because she, 
like it's 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 exp it's it's said with like I don't I can't remember quite, but I think like the phrasing used is she said this to her with like an icy voice or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like she's sincerely furious that Siri even asked. Not like not like a normal person. Like oh, you know, like like theoretically there are there but there are in fact spells for this sort of thing. You can like theoretically anyone can you know like 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 um. Like, 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 explore their gender identity, like, or even, or even just, you know, something normal along the lines of, like, 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 um, you know, talking to Siri about why she feels like that, and, you know, like, like any sort of normal response. No, Triss just immediately, like, really furiously goes, no. Yeah. I mean, she also accuses the witchers of abusing her because she has bruises, even though she's doing martial arts, like... Yeah, that's that's not. She's that's, just that's that's just. Yeah. she's just doing sports. It was fun. just sort of foreshadowing cold, cold in down. some sense, where like the <laughs> yeah. gender critical tendency to frame all of womanhood as purely suffering and all of masculinity as being inherently predatory. Um, yeah, that is basically what she's doing. Yeah, the men must be abusing her, and then she must learn how to be like a good victim. Yeah, like it's really yeah. fascinating. Sapic, you know, like before his time as a writer, uh, foreshadowed Turf and- Island. <laughs> can i just say like i know that like you guys didn't necessarily agree with me when i was talking about how like look i did martial arts like pretty intensely and didn't stop you know if i was if i was having a period and she like basically just says that like she'd rather not have periods and she doesn't like them and like maybe she's not quite up to as much and then Tristan interprets that as like you're having extremely painful periods because of like what the witchers have done to you but then there's like a later chapter where like yen asks um, Nanika, like, does she have any problems? Does she have painful periods? And Nanika says, no, everything the witchers did was fine. Huh. So, Triss. Well, that's interesting, actually. Yeah. Like, this is this is fascinating as well, because there is a degree of intentionality here from Sapek. Like, because yeah. that would not have brought been brought up again. Yeah. If, like, Sapek didn't want to prove to us, essentially, that what Triss was saying was actually, from his perspective as a writer, incorrect. Yep. I think this God, is interesting. You're such an asshole. <laughs> like, and just again, having been a teenage girl that did like, I mean, again, I know I'm not Siri, but like, out of the three of us, I have been a teenage girl who had periods and did pretty intense yeah. martial arts training. We will defer to your expertise. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's fair enough. Like, 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 like uh, you just say I'm not maybe up to being kicked in the abdomen right now, but like <laughs> otherwise, you don't have to go read for a week instead. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's interesting that, like, Sapek seems to explicitly repudiate that kind of, as you say, toxic fe- mm-hmm. toxic femininity. Yep. Like, I, I like uh, yeah. that. It's cool. Like, it's it's cool that he revisits that. It's cool that he's thought quite a lot about this, actually, you know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It is. So, yes, Triss, toxic femininity, trying to enforce gender norms on Siri. Not a fan. On top of being a rapist. <laughs> on top of being a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which i think all like just tracks honestly seriously like if if any of our followers still like fig tris and Geralt make a cute couple or whatever and the games are whatever basically i am kink shaming you please stop <laughs> look yeah usually Second. i'm like fine with just letting people have their, their, I'm, their I'm, ships, I'm, but... I'm i'm not i'm not in the business of kink shaming except if it's team tris in which case you are a pervert and <laughs> <laughs> jail and... you go to super jail 
And you should go to super jail. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I am disgusted at you. <laughs> like, you animal. I think that's just so interesting about the ways in which we came into the media um, and approached the Witcher canon. Because obviously... I played games first, so for the first two games, I was with I was Team Triss because I didn't know any of this. And then in the <laughs> third game, it's kind of hinted at, but then obviously I was like, Yen is amazing. I'm obviously going to choose Yen. But then loads of other <laughs> people who only played Witcher three were like, No, I'm choosing Triss. They're, Yen they're is an attached asshole. to Triss by now, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and think that like yeah, there's a like 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 from the gamer's perspective, like if you've not read the books, like um, and you've if, if you've played all three games, like Yen even seems like you know a kind of she seems late cold edition. and cruel and standoffish. Yeah, but also but if you like don't a sudden addition out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then of course I came into it from the show first, which like show trust is fine. Show trust is a bro. Like yeah, show trust, trust is, is just nice. <laughs> show trust is a completely yeah. different character. We I've no, I've nothing against show trust. Show trust is just a nice yeah. plant mom. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lauren. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We 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 respect intertextuality on this podcast. Yes, I will. Yes. I, I I am I am curious to see what is done with Shotress. I I would not be surprised if actually um they make her a much more interesting character. I think they will because Lauren tweeted like what her like way back when she was like um. You know, I think possibly before season one came out or not long after season one came out, she like tweeted her like initial impressions of, I think it's actually before season one came out, she tweeted her initial like impressions of each character and what she wanted to like explore about them. And the thing that she seemed to want to explore about Triss is her like, um, her, the tension between her sort of like youth and innocence and ambition and like ultimately her like ability that it's just like kind of repressed underneath her like youth and innocence and ambition or youth and innocence sorry and experience so like she's interested in like the tris that sort of is in um she's interested in like the tris that emerges in lady of the lake the one who's like traumatized and afraid but like wants to do the right thing and has to overcome like her ptsd she's interested in that tris it seems yeah well, that's cool um more so than um more so than sort of the tris that exists before and i think that makes sense because you know season one of the show got as far as um sodden hill and really showed us like tris having a terrible time yeah so like i i i i, I really enjoy tv series tris like yeah and post sodden hill triss is an interesting triss so if that's who she's yeah i was gonna say they also made the the the, in, the editorial choice not to have her go from because obviously in the books she used to wear like quite booby dresses she's described as wearing like you know really revealing clothing but then she gets really badly injured at sodden and then never wears revealing clothing again and the well, fact they do give not... her that injury she does get basically yeah, yeah she does get the injury the but it's yeah. but it doesn't like they don't reflect the trauma that it inflicts on her via that means. So yes. they're probably going to have to do it yeah. somehow else. Um, yeah. 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 And I think she's more interested in exploring her like internal motivations. Just like, so, cause what, yeah, that's what she's interested in about Triss is like the contrast of her like youth and inexperience versus her like actual, her trauma and her, her fear. Yeah. yeah. I will say there is, there is something interesting as well. Um, um, like, because like, 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 like you're absolutely correct. Like, um, like TV series Tris will be very interesting, like exploring that, and I'm I'm enjoying very much her so far. Um, I, I I you know like just also wonder like if like it 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 isn't also in a way an actually sorta missed opportunity too because um 
I, okay, so I I go back and forth on like with with like how like with how she assesses like 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 what's being done to to Siri. She's obviously completely wrong. She's pulling a toxic femininity and so on. But um like I I go I go back and forth on like um how intentional Sapic was about how creepy her and Geralt's relationship actually is. Um, mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's very creepy to us as, like, actual thinking adult readers in the year 2021. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, there's this occasional... Like, there are, the, there are these occasional moments where I'm not... I'm, I, like, I'm not 100% sure if he knows what he's written here. Mm. Um, like, uh, especially because I remember when I was when I was a teenager... And I was reading this. I remember finding Triss uncomfortable, but I couldn't exactly say why, and I was not exactly able to pin that, like, well, it's because she is literally technically a rapist. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, I go back and forth on whether he whether he understood that what he did was basically write her as a massive violator of Geralt's consent. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I wonder if there might have not actually been like and hear me out on this um kind of missed opportunity to explore in the tv series like exactly you know just how deep like her violation of Geralt in the books touched him because we like i mean not to you know like make a case for you know emotional horror porn but like but like um there there isn't really like enough um like literature or media of any sort that deals with how men have been affected by violations of their consent yeah, like uh, like so much of the se- the books is examining various traumas that yeah. are inflicted on our poor boy so it's interesting yeah. that mm-hmm. this is the one that they've not so far examined or gone for yeah, I was mm-hmm. I was just you know thinking like like perhaps there was even like a missed opportunity for the since Lauren is very good at examining trauma, um, <laughs> like perhaps there was even a missed opportunity to actually indeed actually yes include this. However much that makes that makes that makes Triss a bad person and a bad character. Um, nevertheless, it could have maybe been interesting to explore this. You know. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I'm thinking the reason that she didn't is like I think she probably had the same issue. Like I'm because uh, I have the same issue you do, right? Is like obviously to us as readers in 2021, what has happened here is like a sexual assault. Um, yeah. But like because of the way he writes, all of the other sorceresses constantly using magic to like shag people. Like I don't think he necessarily sees it that way. He I think I mean obviously he wrote Geralt as being uncomfortable and confused and not happy with what happened. But I think he's doing that because he's trying to highlight, like, Geralt's loyalty to Yen or something. Like, I don't think he actually yes. understands yeah. Yeah, what precisely. is happening. So I think I can see why the TV show didn't choose to adapt it. Because they, I think Lauren looks at that and sees that isn't Triss's character. That's Sapek's bad writing. Yes. And I think, yeah. I, think I, I completely agree with you. I really feel that, like, why Geralt is uncomfortable is because it's him, like, feeling that his thing... Not, not feeling that his thing with Triss was a violation of him, but feeling that his thing with Triss was a betrayal of his loyalty to Yedif. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and, and as you say, I think... I think it's more of a case of Sapex's bad writing, um, and I think Lauren sees that. Um, I just also think that, like you know, there 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 is an interesting what if there for like um, like like if the series had slightly more screen time to focus on yet more traumas. Uh, yes, <laughs> it could it could have been a, it could be could have been very interesting to see. Geralt's trauma from being subjected to what was a horrific violation of his consent explored. Yeah, you know me. If I could give 
any piece of media. I love more screen time. I would. I think he's Lord of the Rings movie should have been four hours long. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me my Tom Bombadil and my Scouring of the Shire. God damn it. Extended, extended edition. <laughs> extended, extended edition indeed. <laughs> very long, very long edition. <laughs> Look, 24 hour edition. Why not? <laughs> Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring 24 hour edition. <laughs> After we get in the TV series, it won't have Vigo, but it'll be it'll be alright. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. It'll be good. I, I, mean, I yeah, I certainly I, think I, so. I'm looking I'm looking forward to being able to just let the canon go and enjoy like the vibe and the setting. Yeah, there is yeah. a lot to be said for just immersing yourself in a world. I mean, that's half of what's good about well, not half, but a decent proportion of what's good about The Witcher is that it's just such a fascinating and interesting world that you're thrown into. Yeah, speaking of the world, um, if we're gonna get through these interstitials, um, the sort of uh, the sort of next uh, chapter, um, we get um, some background um, about sort of basically in the short stories we were told what happened to Kermorin, but we didn't really get a lot of um, you know detail um, uh, other than that like there was an attack on Kermorin, an attempt to wipe out the Witchers, not why they that's why they can't make anymore. And at the start of um, the second chapter, which is the chapter where Siri start, you know we run into Siri training at Kermorin, mm-hmm. we get um, an excerpt from some sort of anti-Witcher propaganda as well as um, sort of a commentary um, from Nicodemus Deboot, who I believe was the rector, chancellor, or president, or something of Oxenfurt. Um, um, yes, about, correct. Um, like, like a big guy in Oxenfurt, yeah. Yeah, so um, the first excerpt is from the, the Monstrum, which is um, some propaganda that was um, sort of spread about witchers um, before Lightly the attack of widely circulated. So this is what people were, were thinking before the attack on Kaer Morin. Uh, Verily, there's nothing so hideous as the monsters, so contrary to nature, uh, known as... Uh, sorry, I fucked that up. <coughs> Verily, there's nothing so hideous as the monsters, so contrary to nature, known as witchers, for they are the offspring of foul sorcery and devilry. They are rogues without virtue, conscience or scruple, true diabolic creations fit only for killing. There's no place amidst honest men for such as they. And Kaer Morin, where these infamous beings nestle, where they perform their foul practices, must be wiped from the surface of this earth, and all trace of it strewn with salt and saltpeter. And then sort of, he's paired this with a, the, this quotation from Nicodemus Deboot's Meditations on Life, Happiness, and Prosperity, which says, Intolerance and superstition has always been the domain of the more stupid among the common folk, and, I conjecture, will never be uprooted, for they are as eternal as stupidity itself. There, where mountains tower today, one day there will be seas. There, where today seas surge, one day will be deserts, but stupidity will remain stupidity. I will say this quote is Sapek's <laughs> most Terry Goodkind moment ever. Uh, oh, yes. Because oh, it's fuck basically, Terry Goodkind. It's basically, it's wizard's basically first Wizard's rule, first rule. <laughs> People are stupid. Like, this is, <sighs> this is, this is where Sapek enters his classist era. <laughs> Oh, this is just Sapex like neolib like Yeah, yeah, like 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 the common people are stupid and it's the geniuses, the John Galtz of the world, if you will. Like who <laughs> who really hold up the sky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well people are stupid. They fall for things like being told that the witchers are terrible and bad and that you should Bec- attack them. Like but like you know, there's <laughs> even an emphasis, like because because it's it's the common people. They're stupid. 
Like Yeah, even though even though he does kind of later drop all sorts of hints that like there were like wizards and all sorts involved in stirring up the hatred against the, the witchers. Like this is this is very nineties Poland. This is very immediate post communist uh reaction to the idea that the mass has wisdom. Um yeah. like kinda stuff. Like yeah. stu- stupidity, bigotry, an attack on the witchers comes from the ignorant mob. Uh, the, 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 the sheeple, if you will, um, like, 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 yeah. who fundamentally are just like that because mobs are stupid. Like, um, yeah. it's, it's the same mentality, you know, you know, um, uh, Eren, you know, you know Murray, right? Like, like the walls, like the, the, uh, solid, like the, the, anth- oh, the, the song, yeah, the, the, song, the song, the song, yeah. the song that, uh, Jacek Kaczmarski wrote that was, ba- that was used as the Solidarity Anthem. Um, and yes. that, uh, like, like, and is of course nowadays it is Belarusian translation used as the anthem, um, like of the Belarusian protests, and and you know, originally Atsikashvarsky based it on Lestaka, the stake, like I think that like something like that. like 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 which is you know like the like a Catalan song, uh, by Louis Louis Lach, um, and the mm. original was of course you know like super optimistic, and it's basically. You know this 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 great song about revolution, um, about toppling a just authority, um, like that. Uh, if we all all put in our put in our put in a shoulder, one day the the the, the walls will fall. Uh, but Jacek Kaczmarski's version, um, like which became the anthem, the Solidarity Movement, and I think to some degree reflects this mentality, ends with a subversion at the end, which is very grim, mm-hmm. which is um, yeah. Like basically that, uh, um, like um, so. So the whole song is about like you know like this. This the the, the lyrical subject um, writes uh, an anthem and he keeps singing it and like he sings it in the city squares and people start following him. Uh, but Jacek Kaczmarski's version ends with a subversion that more or less goes something like um, and um, and suddenly he could hear. Uh, the crowd ringing out, you know, um, like, 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 um, like, like, like calling for like the blood of their enemies and like, and singing his song as they marched to the tune of Jackboots. Um, like, you know, mm. this, this idea how, how an individual actually loses himself in a mass movement because because the crowd is always ignorant and always stupid and always inevitably um, destroys the good about humanity, which is always and inevitably in the individual. That's grim as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that, that, that. This is nineties Poland. This is nineties Eastern Europe. Like that way of thinking, that backlash to you know decades of Soviet rule, which very much, of course, glorified the masses as a source of mm-hmm. authority and wisdom and justice and all these good things. Um, but here the masses are an ignorant mob that kills the handful of you might say individuals might say small businessmen uh independent contractors <laughs> the petty bourgeoisie like, the, the 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 petty bourgeoisie on whose shoulders you know like the small businessmen on whose shoulders like um society really stands who protect them from the things that go bump in the night like like Indeed. Because the witchers are not, you know, a community. They are not a mass. They are individuals. They mm-hmm. are a guild. Like, um, yes. they are a group of professionals, of professional individuals, good at their job, like, good at what they do. Um, 
but they are destroyed by the ignorant masses. Yes. We actually have um, have more quotes from uh, from Monstrum in the interstitials. A couple chapters later, there's another one about them. But they roam the land importunate, importunate? They roam the land importunate and insolent, nominating themselves the stalkers of evil, vanquishers of werewolves and exterminators of specters, extorting payment from the gullible and, on receipt of their ignoble earnings, moving on to dispense the same deceit in the near vicinity. The easiest access they find at cottages of honest, simple, and unwilling peasants who readily ascribe all misfortune and, all, and ill events to spells unnatural creatures and monsters the doings of wind sprites or evil spirits instead of praying to the gods instead of bearing rich offerings to the temple such a simpleton is ready to give his last penny to the base witcher believing the witcher the godless changeling will turn around his fate and save him from his misfortune that's also from the monstrum yeah in fact though specifically what they're targeting is that they are small businessmen yeah like 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 they are small businessmen and they are they are as you can see godless and that's to be taken both as a commentary i mean a lot a lot of Sapic can be taken as anti-clerical commentary because once again 90s polish liberalism um but like but you also have to remember that they are godless metaphorically and that they do not serve any higher cause they do not mm-hmm. they do not believe in something worth dying for they are simply professionals mm-hmm. who do their job and therefore in Sapic's eyes they are in their own way wonderful and in, and in the eyes of the ignorant mass they are the uh like you know he who mm-hmm. like they they are they are they are the fucking what do you call it a uh, sacrificial goat for like all of their problems <laughs> yes scapegoat scapegoat yeah um i yeah. was looking for the um, word scapegoat <laughs> I love the um the two little follow-up quotes that are because you get kind of three paired quotations in this little interstitial here and the, the two sort of responses to this are well one's from Radovid the third uh, of Britannia I have nothing against witchers let them hunt vampires as long as they pay taxes and the other is graffiti from the law faculty at the University of Oxenford so this is law school graffiti if you thirst for justice hire a witcher yeah what can yes. I say yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, I think, like, it's really interesting that we get, like, all of this, um, this background on, like, what led to the sack of Kermoran without, that's, that's never something that we, we see. We never see the sack of Kermoran. We never even get any detail of exactly how it went down, how they managed to overwhelm however many witchers were there or if they had uh, there's just hints dropped through the text that the wizards were involved and we do see sort of one other interstitial i'm not going to read out all of this a description of the trial of the grasses um but by by a wizard yeah by a wizard yeah yeah carla de media crest yes um it's just like quite a brutal description of a child being poisoned until he gets vaporized um yeah yeah, um so like we don't love to be poisoned until he gets vaporized <laughs> Obviously, I hate when that happens on Saturdays. That's that's not a good day for the poison for the old poisoning. But um... <laughs> you can do it midweek and get a day off work. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like um, <laughs> like like statutory sick pay. Went to trial of the grasses. <laughs> <laughs> Have to get off work. <laughs> this is in no way you being better about getting your vaccine on a Saturday. <laughs> like yes. I I would like no. In fact, in fact, you know, it's not even. It's even me being bitter about the fact that the vaccine was so underwhelming. I expect to go and live through a real life version of the trial of the grasses. That's what the angry people online screaming about Bill Gates told me. But no, no trial of the grasses. No nothing. I felt very disappointed. <laughs> like like yeah, I, a tiny I, ache in the arm is pretty uh, 
did not <laughs> did not come out with any superpowers, did not come out with high reaction speed or an inexplicable urge to hunt monsters. <laughs> Very disappointed. You don't even have 5G reception. Don't even have fa- better 5G reception. Or need any 5G reception <laughs> because it's fucking Glasgow. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I briefly had 5G uh, in London and it was scary fast. Uh, so I I can't wait to go down and experience it. Oh, I am psyched. I fully find 4G super impressive still because once again, I basically have DSL at home. <laughs> yeah, but Erin, like, you know, eventually you will too have to climb out of the Stone Age. <laughs> Tell that to the city of Glasgow who decided that Finiston does not need internet. Eventually our our dear city will also have to climb out of the Stone Age. No offense to any of our friends on Glasgow City Council. Full offense. Please work faster. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so yeah. Um, and of course, it's quite good to get all of that background on the Witchers, just because you know, um, Siri wants to be one. <laughs> yes, it's important for her future career to understand. <laughs> Um, the background to her trade um, to understand some of the problems that may arise in the field um, you need contract like, negotiations um, you know understanding like tax laws how they may go wrong <laughs> potentially if there are wizards involved um, all sorts of things you know there's lots of work yeah yeah I mean it's quite it's quite interesting that like we get this background about like you know everything that happened to Kaer Morin and how the witchers basically can't you know the witchers are you know sterilized or the process of going through the trial of the grasses but then at the same time they can't have you know adopted offspring anymore really because their their laboratories have been destroyed and they can't make any more witchers yeah uh and then here we have Siri who sort of falls into their lap and they are doing their best to without putting her through the you know the chemical components of becoming a witcher to make her a witcher. Um, and she, she sort of, that's how she like identifies, right? Like no matter like what they tell her she is, whether she's at the temple or whether she's learning magic, she, you know, keeps saying like, I don't need to do this. I'm a witcher, you know, that kind of thing. Or yeah. like, I should be training. I'm a witcher. Yeah. Um, which is, is quite sweet. Yeah. Um, and that's well, sort she of clearly like, enjoys then, her time there. Like she clearly looks back yes. on it fondly because like, yes, it it is the def- like they like they as personalities are defining enough in the, in her life that she goes yes this is who I want to be. Well, they're her team of dads. Yeah, no, it's great. It's like yeah. quite cute. There's a very sweet bit in chapter two. Um, I don't remember which witcher she's with when she's doing doing it, but like Triss is talking to um a bunch of the the other witchers. I think it might have been Cohen. I'm not sure which one. Or Tyler's talking to other witchers, and Siri's off in the corner with another one of them, and she's just playing like little childish it's like Cohen, hand yeah. games. Yeah, they're they're it playing Cohen, red they're hands. It, yeah, yeah, but they're doing it so fast because <laughs> they're both like she's slightly enhanced from the herbs, and he's fully a witcher. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's very cute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I just like that that sort of like stuck with me that she like and like um you know Tris reflects that this was the first time she'd ever heard like laughter um when she's visited Kermoran. Yeah. So Siri sort of like brought sort of that that to them as well. The sort of like yeah. hope that they couldn't Joy, have had. You know? Which this like yeah, it's it was quite sweet. Yeah. Um and of course she does the same for, for Jennifer. Um and I think it's interesting, and of course we're going full spoilers here. I think it's interesting that right from this first 
first book, um, since we're talking about the interstitials and we're doing full spoilers, then we're talking about family and we're talking about um, Geralt and Gen being sterile and we're talking about um, them both being, you know, children of fairly traumatic backgrounds and yeah. about um, Ciri's trauma and Ciri bringing, like, the concept of, like, a child and family back to the Witchers and then becoming a daughter to Yen as well. Yeah. That we get um, this little interstitial from Tissaia's diary. Um, no one is born a wizard. We still know too little about genetics and the mechanisms of heredity. We sacrifice too little time and means on research. Unfortunately, we constantly try to pass on inherited magical abilities in, so to say, a natural way. Results of these pseudo-experiments can be seen all too often in town gutters and within temple walls. We see too many of them and too frequently come across morons and women in a catatonic state, dribbling seers who soil themselves, seeresses, village oracles, and miracle workers, cretins whose minds are degenerate due to the inherited, uncontrolled force. These morons and cretins can also have offspring, can pass on abilities and thus degenerate further. Is anyone in a position to foresee or describe how the last link in such a chain will look? Most of us wizards lose the ability to procreate due to somatic changes and dysfunction of the pituitary gland. Some wizards, usually women, attune to magic while still maintaining efficiency of the gonads. They can conceive and give birth and have the audacity to consider this happiness and a blessing. But I repeat, no one is born a wizard, and no one should be born one. Conscious of the gravity of what I write, I answer the question posed at the Congress in Sedaris. Um, I answer most emphatically, each one of us must decide what she wants to be, a wizard or a mother. I demand all apprentices be sterilized without exception. And this is from her book, The Poisoned Source. So I think it's very interesting that we are often told, apart from this interstitial, that wizards lose the ability to procreate due to using magic, but in fact that many sorceresses could maintain that ability. Now we know that some could, like Geralt's mother, who's famously a druid, um, so it would not have been through, um, you know, to say as... Um, we School. torture machine. So would not, yeah. yeah. So she would not have been sterilized. But we see that, um, and, and this is actually something that's interesting. So a lot of people complain about the show forcibly sterilizing Yen when it's supposed to be something that just happens. Clearly, have missed this where Tasia has Explicitly actually said, said no. Like, no, no, we 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 do this. This is just we, what we do. We definitely forcibly sterilize all of them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, like do more of it, please. <laughs> do more of it, please. Um, yeah, and um, I think it's really interesting because. Um, of what we kind of both be, because of like oh actually so it wasn't natural for either Geralt or Yen but it wasn't really a choice for Geralt or Yen uh, and then they have this adopted child who is training in two professions that tend to render one sterile one way or another yes but what we know about Siri is she's the subject of a prophecy and a careful breeding program by these same fucking sorceresses yes who then they insist must have a child yes quite interesting how these things work it is out so fucked up <laughs> yeah well you know wizards what can i say yeah 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 like yeah. canonically fucked up um also i mean yes just apropos of nothing do you ever get this vibe from that passage the, from the tissaia quote that like she is not big not, not a big fan of the concept of sex like like because the way she talks about it like like where she goes like we still you know experiment on this like you know how to say in the natural way like it's it's very kind of like 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 it might just be because to say as to say as toad is always a little bit disdainful mm -hmm. but she seems I mean, but she seems like a little bit like disgusted by the actual process yeah. of it this does track for Tissaia, right? Because every time you're in her head, she's, like, very carefully arranging her clothing so that nothing becomes even a millimeter disheveled. She's, like, moving napkins so that they're perfectly even. She's, like... I mean, sex is messy. Yes. 
one with such an intense dislike of disorder might not like it conceptually. Yeah, and I mean, like, reproduction is messy, so no wonder she finds it horrifying. <laughs> it's, like, it's contrary to all her <laughs> beliefs. <laughs> it is. <laughs> like, how dare you make a mess? Holy shit. You know? And she wants things to fit into neat boxes, so yes. sorceress or mother, choose. Which yeah. is wild, because sorceresses live, like, forever. You could take 20 years out to raise a kid. I think it's very interesting as well that, like, th there's something about that passage. When you know in the context that at least some sorceresses have, um, shall we say, naturally participated in the entire breathing mechanism that, like, produced Ciri. Um, like, yeah. Lara Doran herself, for starters. Um, like, the each of us must choose who we want to be a, a sorceress or a mother actually sounds very threatening. Yeah. In, like, its own way. It sure does. Yep. Like, because that implies that, you know, normally I would say that this is just a quote, but, like, when you know that bit of lore, I go... Well, that implies that you reserve the right to choose mother for some of them for specific aims. Yep, it sure does, because they have... Well, none of them really think too hard about whether Siri consents to anything when they're trying to figure out what to do with her, so... Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Not great, lads. Not great. <laughs> Not great. And I mean, like... I just think it's really interesting that this early on, which I know this isn't this early, it's the third book, but it's the first novel, that like this early on we're, we're getting all of these layers of like family and abandonment and trauma and fertility and sterility and choice and control. It just It's just all right there and it's not even in the, that stuff isn't even really in the plot. It's there in these little snippets. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As much as I'm like, oh boy, this is like grim and dark and horrible. Like, I just love the way he builds this in. Yeah. So I think we should like come to the crux of it. Like the overriding narrative, if we're to use that word, or the overall purpose of the book. Like, what, what, what do we feel it was? I think it was. So we've kind of touched on. You know, we're setting up series progression and growth as a character, and we've established. You know, the fact that fertility and parenthood is a massive theme of it, and also Geralt's trials and traumas and the nature of destiny are all sort of things which become important in the next few books. I think first mm -hmm. of all, this book is literally to set up the basic conflicts that are going to define the next handful. Like, it is there to mostly be the calm before the storm where, like, all of these essential problems are introduced, you know, that the heroes are facing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this book is like when you're going on a roller coaster and you're, like, slowly climbing that first <laughs> slope. And, 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 and just sort of, when this book ends, you're still climbing. It's kind of like, oh, about a couple chapters into Time of Contempt when you crossed the hill. But oh boy, like the anticipation, like we are getting there. And then it is just like that moment. Where rapid they, fire from there on end. That moment at the very end where they leave Nedeka's temple and you have this feeling that they're not going to return there. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, like in a good way, but it's a the lot. The pacing is so good in the way that you know it starts mm. with conflict and battle, and then goes through political mach machinations, and then it goes through sort of um, what's it called conspiracy and espionage, and then it sort of ends with this moment of quiet and calm and peace, setting everything else up for what's going to be the remainder of the story. And yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah. In short, yeah, lads, it's good. recommend reading it. Very good book. <laughs> um, yeah, but 
yeah, I think I think that's it. That's that's Blood of Elves. It gives you everything you need for the rest of the series to just be able to be all of the little bits that have been sort of set up here just unfolding into um well-designed um well-motivated uh action that sits within um a really solid like framework yeah yeah undoubtedly yeah yeah all right and we will be looking forward to getting um onto onto time of contempt soon um who would have thought that between seasons one and season two we would be we would have managed three, three books, books. yeah yeah we expect it to be not as far in lads by the time season three comes out so this is very well cool. done yeah. us well done us yeah and we well, haven't well done us we haven't fallen out or killed each other even when we've had <laughs> countless delays and late comings and oh i can't do today sorry oh <laughs> you know we we still managed to do it without even really falling out so that i, I reckon there's that's... a reason that you're you're the one saying this given that it's always me or Dov yeah, it's, it's literally always me or aaron so I, it's, in I, fact I... most of the time it's me so <laughs> i'm just I'm a sorry. happy chappy i i i <laughs> I I I'm, I think the the fact that I'm the cat herder is is deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one with the patience to deal and, with you. And, and listeners, listeners, when, when when Max says that he's a cat herder, he doesn't mean us. He that is actually his profession. <laughs> oh yeah, um, that is what he does in life. <laughs> there's, there's a reason that yes, my pseudonym is a cat online. It's uh, I'm just very good at dealing with with unruly creatures. Indeed. <laughs> oh well, th- as a, one of the unruly creatures, thank you. We wouldn't have gotten this far. We would not it. have gotten this far, no. <laughs> uh, right. Um, with that, that's our show. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you'll join us again next time. Um, who knows what we'll be doing next time? I actually haven't quite decided. Um, our um, music is Medieval Abstraction by Lucas Perney and Milislav Kolar, which you can find at freemusicarchive.org. And you can find us on Twitter and Tumblr as castapodders at the Witcher Cast, uh, or email us at castapodtourwitcher at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.